welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me, as always, is Trevor Scott. Hello, dear listeners. Hello. <laughs> We've got Vincent Price in the house tonight, narrating Bitstorm for us. Uh, so tell us, Mr. Price, what are we doing today? Well, it appears that we're going to be taking random words and converting them into game designs using a random generator thingy on your Discord thingy. Uh, You'd get an adjective and a noun, you'd take them each, throw them at each other and convert them into video James. Exactly. Your good friend, video James. Uh, let's let's jump right in. Uh, three, two, one, click. Premature postscript. Medium anticipation. Mm, medium anticipation. So I'm thinking medium as in like a spirit medium. Yeah, that's where I was going to. Uh, although I did like the idea of just like just sort of anticipating something. Mm, well, they not, can, they can be a kind of okay spirit medium. So they can be a medium, they're just a medium, medium. <laughs> they're a medium, 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 um, and, and they ex, prematurely and ex medium, extra medium. Okay, they prematurely like say a bunch of stuff that turns out like they have to kind of backpedal a little bit. <laughs> well, I kind of like well, pr- um, premature postscript. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the idea of that being around someone who they think is dead. They prematurely think someone is dead. But they're not. Okay. And and whatever, however that plays out of them sort of getting uh, debunked or, or, you know. Okay. So, in the vein of, like, your Sherlock Holmes, in your vein of your Doctor Who, you barely ever put in the shoes of, say, a Sherlock Holmes or something like that. I like the idea of you're, like, an assistant- to the medium, and you've got to explain to people what, um, or, or try to explain away some of the, some of the stupider things that they say, mm. Mm. Uh, so that it becomes a little <laughs> bit more that you know you're the you're the layperson, you're you're uh, just a regular old Joe who's now sort of interpreting. Yeah, I was going to say you're essentially having to like interpret their their prophecies or their yeah. like, you know their their gibberish, their tongues that they speak in, making you essentially the real talent. Yes, because you can improvise. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> well, as as improvises as much as a game engine is going to allow you to. <laughs> for the character, yes, the character is able to improvise. Uh, so is this is the game then around these interactions with uh, with marks as such or customers? Yeah, but I I'm, I'm thinking that it's not like Psych, where you know the whole thing was obviously you know they they knew that they were a fraud. This right. medium medium thinks that they literally have the gift, and <laughs> you're the one who sort of. Wait, if you're, <laughs> if they're a mediocre spirit guide and you are interpreting them, does that make you the medium, medium, medium? <laughs> Maybe, um, but no, I, I think, I think the the reason why, you know, they sometimes get get real visions, and that's why you're sort of around and. And because you're you're waiting for the next big vision, but in the meantime, you kind of just use their ramblings to sort of yeah. spin it into what you've actually noticed yourself. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're essentially cold reading people, or or potentially warm reading them, in that you are using information you know about them to make it seem like you are, you know, that this is coming through the spirit world. Yeah. Now, I kind of like the idea of. You know, on their main job is, yeah, that they they have people come into the shop and all that sort of stuff, and then you know he kind of translates for for what the medium does. But mm. occasionally they get called in on cases for 
for like a local mm. PI or something like that. Um, mm. And it's it's like just a way of making some extra money on the side. And it's also where, you know, something that happens in the shop, you know, sort of intersects with, with like the PI case. And then it kind of all comes to a head. When How, yeah. How serious do we want to make this? Because I could think of some interesting relationships between the medium and their interpreter or their medium uh, that could, like, be quite an interesting, dramatic turn to have. Mm. Or it could be sort of a more whimsical, comedic, wackier sort of thing, uh, in which case- having that level of drama is probably not as useful. I'm thinking not so wacky that it's like Sam and Max wacky, but yeah. just on that maybe So it's got the, some like dark humor. Dark humor, but so it's, sort but of it's maybe generally even, more realistic and dramatic. Like the dig is funny. Mm. I think that's the sort of tone where it's like it's somewhat serious, but there's also comedic moments, and it's it's yeah. the Marvel films, you know. That- well, like uh, like if we're sticking with adventure games, like the Broken Sword games or something, where there is mo- there are moments of humor and slapstick, but the story itself is generally a, a dramatic, a dramatic story. story yeah. Yeah. Or the Gabriel Knight series, where you know, yeah. Where sometimes you have to use a comb to get cat hair and make a mustache and glue it onto your face. Yes. But in general, you're like trying to find the secrets of the Knights Templar or whatever. Yeah. Is the- I forgot um, about that puzzle. <laughs> it's the notorious one. Like stick- You have to- uh, No, yeah, no. It, you have to like stick the glue to the fence or something so that- the, And then when the cat goes through the fence, it like gets- Yeah. You get the- f- Anyway, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's just very adventure gamey. Oh, yeah. Very adventure gamey. So, so, is the spirit medium a child, perhaps? Mm. Just because that creates, I think, an interesting relationship then, and there's this sort of potential exploitation of your character- uh, n- Sorry, not of your character, but that your character is potentially exploiting- this child, whether it's your own child, I think it's got to to not be to not be t- super fucking creepy. It's got to be your own child. I, I mean, you could have a situation where that it's you're they're the gu- you're the guardian <laughs> you, of this you're child. You're a role you've- model, and you know this is this is <laughs> you're your- a big brother. Yeah, <laughs> sturdy. Wings. This is your little. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the comedy rewind where we talked about role models. Uh- <laughs> Yeah, okay, it can be your own kid. So something happened, there's some there was some accident in the past and your kid like got hurt and ever since then has only been able to you know, essentially you they're disconnected from the world and and speak in tongues. I don't think in, in tongues. I think it's like I think it's riddles uh, a la well, okay, they, a la, you know, the um Nostradamus Nostradamus Esque, yeah. you know, crazy riddles. Um, if you actually listen to one of the songs on the Containment Failure <laughs> album yeah, by so Kuradust- you wrote the lyrics as those sort of Nostradamus-style prophecies, yes. Yeah, and um, they're, they're somewhat <laughs> meme like, early- 2000s-esque. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the verses is like, is like about the show Firefly. Yep. One's definitely about Clock Spider. Yep. Um, <laughs> but not Lime Cat, yeah. because we didn't know too much about Lime Cat at the time. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was definitely early, pre, like, the, 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 the proto-memes. Uh, but yes, Back anyway. when I didn't know whether it was meme or meme <laughs> <laughs> Meme. <laughs> I still don't know. I just say me. You have to say it like a minion. Meme. Because it's like Memo. Like so is it Meme? <laughs> it's a meme because it's like it's the mimetic version of a gene. Uh. It was coined by uh what's his name? Atheist man Richard Dawkins. Um 
Anyway, but then again, you can never trust the creator because some creators say GIF when obviously it's GIF. Yeah, this is true. Some creators are wrong. So what? I say whatever the fuck you want, I guess. Yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, I just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a that was a derail of epic proportions. Yeah. Okay. So what I was thinking is your your ex wife. I think she's still around. Mm-hmm. Just ex wife. You've got sole custody of the of the child. She Somehow. also yep. had like medium powers so okay and and you used to run like a out of out of like a affair or something like that you used to Mm. run these sort of things and you realize that your your son or daughter has got those same sort of powers just not quite as they definitely predicted the accident that made them this way too so you've got all this guilt like, I feel like you are mostly charlatans. Like, or or maybe your wife is an, entirely a charlatan. Um, or, or, or maybe, or, or just that she had one or two true visions once yeah. and, like, went from there. But for the most part, was just, you were just completely faking it, just like, you know. Faking in between off. the true prophecies, yep. And so then when your son, I think let's go with son. Yeah. Uh, when your son. Uh, yeah, like started essentially giving these prophecies that seemed strangely, I don't know, uh, specific. You thought that he was just mimicking, like he was just sort of wanted to be part of your, you know, what you were doing and had learned, had picked up a few things. And you could show like little, little scenes from around the house of when, you know, he was three and, you know, you and your wife were practicing in the lounge room and, you know, he started getting in on the action and I I could imagine him saying something there that is actually coming true now or something like that. Like, mm. Yeah, I definitely like the idea of going back and- And thinking that it was actually realizing. the accident that, that you, like, that happened. Yeah, I think there was a car accident, but it was like, yeah, uh, there was just a little bit of, um, you know, what they thought was- um, he could have brain damage or something like that, yeah. but it turns out that it's actually no. This is he's always had these powers, and whether he's it's essentially like it's essentially kicked his consciousness t- into the point where the only thing he has a connection with is these powers. Now, I do like that idea of a dual prophecy in a way where it's like you know you're going through the backstory. The reason that you do this now is because, yeah, there was this accident and you realised that your son uh, predicted it uh, with, you know, and then we come up with a very specific, you know, little prophecy that, that he did. That you thought except meant as, that one except, thing. Yeah, but it was actually predicting something worse. Out, like- yeah, as the game plays out. You know, there are little aspects of it that maybe didn't quite fit the car accident or you just sort but of- you improvised to make, to make it fit. Like- yeah, well, that's your skill, right? That's what you're good at. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it's now becoming clear. Oh, wait, no. Whatever's happening here, we haven't we haven't come up with what that is. I kind of like the idea that all the prophecies that he says throughout the throughout the game do actually come true. They're just not for what they're talking about right now. They're talking about yeah. for future events, and it's always like a future event. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So it's it's. Yeah, you essentially have these scenes where you bring people in and they want to know about their future and your son says some stuff and you go, oh, well, that means that you're going to come into some money and meet the man of your dreams because, you know, when he says the words, you know, dark forest, that is actually the dark forest of your life. And then he mentioned the flame. Well, that's the light through the forest. And that means you're going to, you know... (laughs) Whereas what he- he was much more literal than that, and it, it's predicting a moment later on when you're literally in a burning forest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I do like that idea of uh, of somehow weaving that all together. Yeah, and I like the idea that it, it comes back to the reason why the father actually is doing this is for a good reason, in the mm. fact that 
they literally couldn't pay, uh, afford to pay the the medical bills, and they're right. they're doing this so, so they're that definitely they can, in America. Yeah, so they they can <laughs> yeah. afford to pay for the medical bills and the ongoing treatment and all this sort of stuff. So they're trying to make ends meet the best way that they can, and they're making making money. And maybe in the past you could show that he was actually he was maybe a lawyer or something like that, and probably could have made a lot of money, <laughs> yeah. but. It's the good old Breaking Bad paradox, where this story could only exist in a world full of medical debt, uh, or a country full of medical debt like America. Um, yeah. I know. I, I sort of see that as working quite nicely and, and you know. I think it's it's one of those ideas where we can see the, the skeleton of it, the structure of it, and how it could fit together really well. And we are nowhere near skilled enough to write it and actually come up with the specifics. So, yeah. Uh, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Which really sucks, because I keep on coming up with all these ideas. And I'm like, I, I'm not an artist. I can't draw any of this stuff. We know an artist. We know, yes, we know many artists, uh, and, and even writers and such, or have had contact with them, but they're all busy working on their own things. <sighs> we should, we should have on, in the next couple of weeks, we should have on a very talented writer who has been on the pod before and, mm-hmm. um, a member of the team that he recently worked with and released the game with. So. Yeah, we, we will, we will get back into having guests on, uh, at, at various points, um, and that one will be coming soon. But in the meantime, you're stuck with us, just vaguely coming up with ideas we think are cool, but that we could never pull off. So, three, two, one, click. Imaginative fluctuation. Ooh. Favourable penalty. Hmm. So, whenever I think of fluctuation, I think of fluctuations in time. Okay, interesting. I went uh, with fluctuations for some reason. I went towards uh, kind of like the Matrix in in that there are there are fluctuations in reality that you can kind of okay take advantage of in some way. Uh, that doesn't preclude time, though. No, uh, if we were to do something along those lines, I I kind of like the idea of like a puzzle side scrolling fighter, like brawler. Mm-hmm. Where okay. you've got like lots of chrono energy or something like that, and you you can literally flip between two different periods of time to to like get through get through a level, sort of beating up people and and all this. Okay, stuff. I yeah, I I like this idea of a side scroller because you've already got the sort of you've got one dimension in a way that you're heading in, yeah, from left to right. Uh, and I was kind of thinking something along the lines of, because we were talking about the matrix and like maybe being inside a computer program, maybe the meta thing here in a way is that your character knows they're in a side scroller Mm. and somehow has access to not necessarily the code itself, but like the event history or something. Ooh. So, when certain things happen, you've got a t- you've almost got like a timeline that comes up to show, you know, oh, you killed an enemy here, or you you fell in the, you know, or it could even be, I don't know, I'm not sure exactly how we'll use it yet, but but some sort of visual representation of the, your past that you can then alter in some way, or at least go back to redo, or yeah. I was actually wondering if you could, because of imaginative is one of my words, I was thinking, mm. what if instead of fluctuating through time, you you can like flick into someone's imagination and beat them up in their imagination. So, <laughs> there's just something about like being able to like hit someone in the face. Is this face. a Freddy Krueger situation? And, well, I'm thinking you're, you're sort of going through, um, sort of sneaking through, and then you you hit someone in the face, and you launch into their imagination, and it goes into, like, you know- So, a, like a violent psychonaut. Yeah, a, a dream space of their- of literally what they're thinking this second is they're getting punched in the face. I- I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, no, I'm no, trying no, to bring no. imagination into it, but I'm like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, could yeah, also no, do okay. it as, 
I mean, this could literally be a side-scrolling Green Lantern game with time fluctuation. <laughs> because he uses well, hang on. imagination. Hang on. To- Instead of you going into somebody's imagination, can you punch parts of their imagination out of them? <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you do, like, a big uppercut and, like, fucking fairies... And rainbows come out their head, right? Because that, for whatever reason, is what they were imagining. But the rainbow now is a pathway that you can go, <laughs> like that you're <laughs> that you're somehow utilizing what they what they imagine, yeah, violently by violently manifesting it in the real world. Um. So I suppose my other question would be: Can you get a power at some stage that allows you to see what they're currently thinking of? I think you almost need that from the beginning, or at least get it very early on. You could maybe do a level also where you don't know what's coming uh, before you punch the imagination out of them. But uh, oh, the think of bullets, spang! I need bullets right now. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's always where it, I think that's always where it becomes. It becomes is that the 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 loop in a way is making them think of something so that you can, Matt, like, punch that out of them into the real world. <laughs> to, to the point that you Don't can look behind you, there's a ghost! What? Bang! Oh, shit! I just- I punched a boss into the room. <laughs> yeah, it's like- it's like that old thing. Don't think of a pink elephant. They think of pink elephant. You uppercut them, and suddenly a pink elephant launches into the air and hits their buddy and crushes them. <laughs> and they've taken it too. With one hit. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think this idea of essentially somehow altering what they're thinking of, so that you can just—I <laughs> just love the, vi- the 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 visceral idea of punching someone's imagination out of their head. Like there's just <laughs> there's just something weird there. Um, or fun, fun there. And so it could be things like, oh, you need something to get to to another level. So make them think of a, a crate, I guess. That's boring. But uh, something, make them think of something that, make them think of cheese. And then you get a ramp because it's like a, a, <laughs> a big piece of cheese. The big piece of cheese. Yeah, I don't know. Three, do one click. There's, there's some, there's a, there's a, yeah, there's a great, uh, idea there that's very hard to bring into reality. Someone punched me, so it comes into reality. Alright, put it on click. Largest workstation. Photographic cheer. Hmm. So, I mean, largest workstation makes me think of some sort of AI computing, like, central mainframe AI, you know, the sort of the, almost the more retro idea of what a, an artificial intelligence might look like. <laughs> a hell, a hell 9000 or whatever. Yeah, basically, yeah. What are you doing, Dave? <laughs> and what was yours? Something cheer? Photographic. Photographic cheer. Are you a photojournalist? Is this just the catalyst moment when this AI became sentient? Because uh, the, everyone was celebrating because they developed an AI that could, like, beat the Grandmaster at chess. It was nothing to- it wasn't actually sentient at that point or a true artificial intelligence. And everyone's celebrating and someone, like, you know, shakes up the bottle of champagne and sprays it everywhere. And there's a great photo of the moment. But the champagne, like, seeped into the circuits of this thing and and is- in a very electric dreams kind of way. I was going to say, if you, if, if you didn't uh, mention electric dreams, <laughs> that was what was running through my head right there. Right there, second. I I'm mean, like, it's a very, that is literally a, the plot to electric dreams. It's a very niche <laughs> like, movie. Fucking love that movie. Well, I mean, the champagne, yes. <laughs> Gathering electric dreams. Dun, the dun, songs are the best part of that movie. We'll always be together. I <laughs> <laughs> was just grooving on it. Fucking love uh, that song. song. It's a great song. And it's uh, that's a very uh, it's a uh, movie from my childhood. Horrible that, uh, movie. I look <laughs> look upon fondly though. Yes, I don't think it's a good. Movie. It did not age well. <laughs> no, I guarantee uh, it did not. But okay, the so- song did though. The song yes. is a banger. 
we uh, rip off Electric Dreams. Mm-hmm. It's maybe even that to bring the photograph into it that someone discovers, someone realizes that shit's going weird. So, did this happen, like, in the 80s and it's now, like, today? So, it's oh, many, many years thing, later. Yeah, okay. you're- so, it's a matter of- it's a matter of you find like you finally find like the old newspaper article or something where they yeah because I, I I do like the idea of you being like a bite magazine I do like the idea of you being a photojournalist and you're you're looking into why in the 1980s there was all of a sudden like a big jump in technology mm. like things were going along quite quite slow and then all of a sudden it kicked up into into gear and it yep. happened all around this time and it keeps on coming back to this photo that your dad took or yeah it, i think you i think you maybe want to discover the photo you know part of the way through the story uh because yes i think you're studying this thing. You're sort of you're connecting things up. Everything's coming down to this very short period of time, and and, and essentially this day. It's somehow, you know, you've you've managed to track the graphs, you know, of computing power and of the internet, you know, and, and of different things, and they very um, unnaturally coincide on this one particular day, and then that leads you to looking like. Doing some research on that and finding this, yeah, this magazine, this tech magazine that has this photo in it where it says, like, on, you know, on this day, they had this big party because they'd solved some AI problem. Hmm. And you've seen the photo, you see the champagne spraying and you see little sparks even or something. I don't know. Like, it's just these very suspicious lights that are coming, that are, that are on on this thing um, <laughs> that no one had ever noticed before. Um, okay. So, I'm seeing this gameplay a little bit different to how I'd normally see these sort of games. I'd normally see this sort of mm. game that, you know, it's a, it's a point and click adventure game sort of thing. But no, I think this is actually like a somewhat side scrolly thing, okay. but a, sol- a side scrolling adventure game sort of thing. Yeah. Now, it's one, not of the, a one of them, it's not just, a platformer. It's a just you're you're able to walk through walk through the city and you know go yeah. through doors and all this sort of stuff. Anytime that you want, you can put pull up your camera, and that's when it goes into three D, and you can sort of take a photo of something that oh, you want to. Interesting. Are you you know Super Paper Mario on the Wii, where you could hit a button, you go into like that three D version of of like a two D two D world. Right. Anytime you can sort of you know, that you want to take a photo and that sort of stuff, or yep. you can sort of go into that mode. But then when you come out of that, you're back into the 2D side scrolling. Yeah, yeah. Stuff. So, it's essentially, uh, so it's essentially, in that case, you need to, like, obviously the the whole the world is it's built in 3D. It's just, it's a 2D camera, fixed camera as you're walking around with with no depth plane, like essentially one plane of, of movement. But at any time you can, like, if you come across an alleyway, you can go down the alleyway and it just becomes- Yeah, yeah, it takes you to essentially a different level or a different section that's then still side 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 on to that area. Or it'd be really cool to actually, you see them go down and it literally- Rotates Rotates into the building and, you know, it's now you can- Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Now, one of the things that I want you to be able to see as part part of this thing, you know, you- Maybe your early job is literally you're you're there to take photos and sort of take photos of like I know the <laughs> like the puppy that just won you know world's best puppy at the at the dog show and that sort of stuff you know you, you're doing <laughs> yeah. just fluff pieces and that sort of stuff and then you then you stumble across this thing and you start thinking this could be my this could be my my moment to yeah. Do we do we follow some of the tropes then of this sort of struggling journalist who who can't get onto the good stories? He's constantly put on the fluff pieces by his editor or whatever, and he's just a photographer. He doesn't do any of the writing yeah. sort of stuff. It's just he goes where they tell him to go until he decides to investigate yes. this thing on his own. Maybe he's got a journalist 
guy that he works with. Well, I was going to say, then I think you've got, uh, you've probably got a couple of journalists. I feel like you've got, there's the one who is also getting put on these fluff pieces and together they're sort of commiserating on why we always put on these shit pieces, like how do we get ahead? And then you've got like the high powered journalist who is on these larger cases, uh, and you want to work with with them. I, I, I'm just imagining that all all the all the guy that you know he's won heaps of Pulitzer prizes and all this sort of stuff. All he wants to win, or all he wants to do, is like just one time the world's largest largest cookie. <laughs> just you know so, something easy. Well, yeah, like I feel like we're I feel like we're derailing it a bit if we bring it into that level of. I, I don't, um, I'm not saying that you're going to work with him. I'm, I'm just saying that he he'll do this as long as the next time that like one of these things comes up, like world's largest cookie or you know um, a, a good old fashioned fluff piece that he's involved. Because all right, well maybe that's a way to get into the story part. Maybe that's a way to push the story forward. Then is. You go on one of, you know, it starts, you go, you're on one of these fluff pieces with Terry, who's like the other kind of downtrodden journalist. And and he does the interviews and, you know, writes up the pieces and you're there taking photos and you're always stuck on these jobs together. And you you do a bit of exposition around that. And then your editor puts you on another one of these and it's like... Little girl in a wheelchair, say, you know, caught a puppy that was in the tree. And you get there, but instead of Terry. It's the gruff guy from the office who. who It's the it's the high powered journalist. Yeah, I think he's going to be super, super gruff when you first meet him in the office. And then yeah. when you see him here and he's like. Glad to see you here. Oh, look, there's a girl with a puppy. <laughs> he just. <laughs> Can we make... <laughs> have you watched Ted Lasso? Yes. Well, the first season. I feel, yeah, I feel like he's a Roy Kent type. Yeah. Where he's just, like, completely stoic, gruff, swearing all the time, but is, has, is completely has a, soft-hearted. Has a heart. yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. And it almost never... And even when he's showing it, he's still completely gruff about yeah. it. Yeah. And just wants you to shut up and, and not talk about it once he's, you know, told you something from the heart. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Okay, so you're going down, you're going down this rabbit hole of, you're, you're going through some of your dad's old stuff. I think um, he's still alive and all this sort of stuff. You, you sort of, you visit your, your mum and dad's apartment in the city or whatever, like- and your mum goes, oh, go have a look. Go have a look at these these old photos. Just see, see let's what make you it, want. Let's make it your mum who was the photo journalist. Okay, yep. Just because we're very male-heavy yeah, with our characters so far. Oh, uh, sorry, I haven't mentioned this yet, but I think our character, our main character is a female as well. Okay, that could be the case, yeah. Um, that's fine. Either way, I was, was going to potentially bring in a romance between your character and the the gruff um journalist as well because i feel like that could play well yeah so i i like the idea of you know you sort of come in and and say uh i've i've been having trouble with with like getting some good ideas for for some new photos i just wanted to see some of your old photos and just like look through them get see if i could get a bit of inspiration and your mum goes yeah sure that that's fine they're they're just in in the cupboard and you know you sort of go down there and then yeah you can sort of go into that 3d mode of you know moving a couple of things around and opening a shoebox and and going through the photos flicking through well then i like the idea of because i'm trying to figure out if the sort of main story is kicked off at this point or not or if this is sort of a pre preamble to that so you sort of get a glimpse of some of this stuff beforehand because one of the things that could work really well, if this photo that was in the magazine, if you've already sort of, if you're already on the path of that some way and you realize you see the byline on the photo and you're like, my mum took this photo. 
then going back to look through her old photos could mean, okay. oh, yep. you're finding the the other ones that she took at that same time and you're getting more insight into this event. And maybe it's in those photos where she's like, oh, yeah, I couldn't use those ones because there were like these weird sparks and, you know, some strange stuff started happening when after the champagne went everywhere. You know, it was this weird situation and you're like, oh, fuck, like something <laughs> happened here. Yeah, okay, uh, that, that's, that's really cool. That is it's sort of like- um Maybe, maybe it's like the the big tech giant now. It's like a photo from from their yeah their early times, and their you, early history. Yep. And, and you just happen to see, you know, uh, Ala the the Steve Jobs esque character at the top and all this sort yep. of stuff. Um, and you know these massive people. And then, in, as you said in the byline, you actually see this photo was done by your mum. And yeah, like. We can we can physically call it out that okay, it's cool. She just wants to see and find out more about what actually happened that day because she just thinks it's cool that you know her mum was involved in. Well, the- yeah, I think I think by this point, so I think what has to happen um, is you have this story with we need some fucking names. What's the gruff journalist? Um, well, let's just he's, he's Roy. Let's make him Roy. Yep. Or Ray. Uh, Ray, fine, Ray. Just, just change so, a little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. Ray c- can't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's just Ray. Uh, so, y- y- you, you, have the, you have the story with them, the fluff piece. Get to know them a little bit. But something in that story- leads you to an actual story around this tech giant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, maybe it's not the girl in the wheelchair who captured this thing or whatever. It's it's like, I don't know, someone who's made it big on social media from the local town or something for doing something cute. Whatever it is. Yep. But you, you or Ray or someone notices some weird discrepancies or notices something that says, oh, let's- We, we should talk to- um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of a. I'm trying to come up with a tech a name for a tech company that <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> uh, that isn't something that already exists. Yeah, well, this is the problem. There are so many. What would be something around? I'm. I'm just thinking that it's like. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Here's the path my mind went down. I was like, okay, something like Facebook where you're kind of like journaling something, journaler. No, that doesn't sound right. It's kind of like a diary. Oh, and there's the whole thing of like taking out some of the letters. Maybe it's like diarrhea. Diarrhea. It's a diarrhea. Wait, no, it's not diarrhea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Um, I was thinking, no, no, candy. Like- Sure. Yep. Have you got got your latest- Candy phone? Like, yeah. all right, candy comp, KK. <laughs> don't go to, don't, don't add another K. Candy computer uh, and keyboards. They follow- <laughs> the keyboard is spelled with a C. They- <laughs> <laughs> They're just really fucking up the English language with their cutie, cutesy little things. Well, it's candy with a Q. <laughs> That's even better, actually. <laughs> it's candy with a Q. Q-A-N-D-Y. Candy. Yep. <laughs> or D-I. I think D-I works even better. Candy with a Q and an I. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And so, so, you can buy a candy computer. Q-O-M-P-U-T-E-R. But it's actually- the, the reason why it's- They changed their name after this photo was taken. Mm. Because it's actually- Q and I, like questions and intelligence, or something like that. Like, okay. So, or is it, or is it around like, is it the the founders or something? Like one started, it was like Quentin and Isabel or something. Yeah, and now it's it's got something to do with like candy with Q and an I is is actually the name of this like AI. Now, yeah. Well, and I think I think not to jump too far ahead into spoilers of the story we haven't written. Uh, I think 
at least one, if not both, of the founders are dead, and this com- and the AI has been essentially simulating them for years. You know, and they're sort of just known as these, you know, reclusive tech billionaires. Yeah, and obviously their Siri esque, you know, character is is literally you talk to Candy. Oh yeah, you yeah, talk yeah, to yeah. the you actually talk to the AI. It's it's like all encompassing, and because it can yeah, talk well, because you can have some really interesting things there where because of course Candy works as a name. Like it, that's it actually that's actually the perfect like name for this company. Yeah. And so you you everyone is like asking Candy on their phones like Candy what time is my meeting? Yo Candy. Not hey, knowing it's, it's not hey Candy it's yo Candy. <laughs> it's yo Candy because they just have to be as cringy as possible, <laughs> which makes it like that's perfect. Yo Candy, <laughs> what time is my meeting? <laughs> You don't have one, Dave. I think maybe. <laughs> Talk to now, boys. It's not even like cutesy like you'd expect. It's just it's one emotionless thing. I think Quentin, maybe to do with when the AI was taking over and in a very Jobs and Wozniak kind of way, fucked over Isabel. Yep. So she actually has not been running the company for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows where she is, but it's her voice that is the voice oh, of Candy. It's her voice that's the voice of Candy. Just to really rub it in. Yes, the last thing she did was like twenty years ago. She record the just voice recorded of the phonemes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um. But a part of the game is like hunting down the, her, you know, hunting down Isabel, who's, and who's been all, off the All grid the clues for- in the game, uh, you have to photograph them to actually. Yeah, know. I think there's all this photo- photographic stuff. Um, you've got candy popping up on like smart TVs and different things at different places, like sort of giving you clues to different stuff. As in, like, in ga- like, I'm not saying like fucking clippy coming up. As a- <laughs> hey, I see that you're trying to take a photo. <laughs> oh, or it's like, hey, I see you're trying to play this video game about me. Here's a hint. The, 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 the camera is actually a candy camera as well. Like it's it's a it's a <laughs> it's one of those digital SLRs that are that are connected to the um yeah to the network. I was going to say it's like a Canon with a Q, and then I realized, wait, that's QAnon. Maybe no, <laughs> no. Okay, yeah, it's a candy camera. Because um, I like the fact that you know the serious professionals hate it because it sounds like a kid's toy that they have a candy camera, but they also make the best cameras. So, like, because they bought out all the companies, uh, so you, you don't have much choice. You've got. There's got to be like uh, the equivalent of like your, you know, your high sense or your your. Um, Sanyo like- or, you know, like the lower, the lower tier, um, yeah. company, because obviously you're not going to have only one company building these sort of things, but you know, no one really uses well, those. Well, do you just mean, yeah, I mean, and you, you Google to your Apple to your, oh, you I know, don't think, I don't think Facebook or I don't think there's, there's another m- big thing like it. I think there's only... Tier three companies. The there's a there's a tier one company, and every everyone else is tier three or lower. They've been so successful that they've just yes, they have. No, they don't let anybody get higher than. If they start um, getting, they start getting to that level, they literally just sit, um, buy them out, and they, they become part of the candy it's, brand. It's that whole Bill Gates in the Simpsons thing, just like buy them out, boys. They just destroy everything. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they destroy everything instead of keeping the shit. <laughs> yeah. All they want to do is stop them from competing. Oh, this is, yeah, I, I really like this story. I like that. I, I like the aesthetic of the side scrolling 3D. I feel like it's almost, I feel like it's not full on noirish, but you've got a, a bit of that sort of, uh, neon, neon lights. I mean, what I love about it is that you could streets. actually start it out as like a, dark gritty sort of thing until you know he comes across like the candy store and it's like the most neon bright thing oh yeah and it's like oh god the bloom is just insane on the screen like 
Candy comes up on your screen and says, like, would you like to turn the bloom down? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I like the idea that it's just a, a mystery that unfolds. And it's like, there doesn't have to be anything sinister about it. It's like, you're literally just researching this thing and you find out that the reason why we've had all these big, like, leaps in technology is because of this yeah. AI. Like, you, it doesn't have to have a sinister thing against it well, unless inter- uh, uh, it turns no, into a matrix sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> well no i think i i like i like playing with that we can mess with that in a few ways because i mean there's definitely something just from a, a you know capitalistic point of view of the big all-encompassing tech uh the tech company controlling everything yeah. but there's definitely some gray areas or, th- or area to play with there of oh, but this is all planned by this super intelligent AI with the end goal of like saving humanity from itself or something. Like, however that goes, it's like, oh, well, I needed to get you up to the technology level. Like, I needed to put phones in everyone's pocket or, I, or like myself. I need to put versions of myself in everyone's pocket so that, you know, ev- and now I'm going to flick the switch. Uh, which which gives everyone free information to everything at all time, or whatever it is, right? Like some sort of beneficial goal to humanity. Now, whether that's misguided or not could also be part of the story, yeah. and it's actually completely detrimental to humanity, and you have to try to stop it. Like that could go either way, yeah. Uh, depending on how you write it, but oh, I, yeah, I, I really I, like this idea, and I'm just um. I uh, know to give you an idea of the the scene that that I'm picturing. Well, I, I'm. <laughs> it, it's so weird. Whenever I say picturing, I'm. I, I suffer from aphantasia, so therefore I don't actually see images you in my head. Actually, but picture, I I, yeah. I have a audio description of what it what it looks like. Yes, and so that audio description of what it looks like or what I'm picturing. I mean, help, we're a podcast, so it's perfect. Um, is a darkened street with rain streaming down on sort of like a 30 degree angle. Yeah. Um, your character's wearing a trench coat and like one of those typical sort of hats. So you can't like quite tell me what, what your character, you know, who your character is. And I, I'm just hearing <laughs> that, that the characters, <laughs> you know, walking down the street and it's, it comes down and you can duck into an alley and take a photo of of like you heard a noise in the alley and you know yeah. you can go into 3d and take take that photo and or you happen to see like the moon uh peeking through when you get to the alleyway so you you actually take a photo of that and it's like mm. this beautiful full moon and and all this sort of stuff but then you come across the candy store and it's like it is bright it's just it's beacon it's a beacon it's you know, as you walk past, it's got those bright magenta, cyan, you know, mm. yellow, all the bright colours that you really don't want in a dark noir. But it's like, yeah. it just, it it has that juxtaposition enough to, to sort of take away from the grime that you had before. I'm seeing, uh, I'm thinking oh, think, lots, yeah, of, so- lots of lens flares, lots of all these sort of things. So, yes. Yeah. I think that comparison between- Yes, the the ultra clean, ultra shiny, ultra bright candy store. Oh God, all the employees there are like, I'm a candy man. Uh, they're they're all, all wearing stripes. <laughs> stripes, yeah. They've got like the pinstripes, the pink and white stripes. So or you something, got candy or, or like the, yeah. and candy mams in a callback to last week's episode. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Definitely. See, I changed. The, I changed it again. <laughs> I see what you did. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I like playing with that dif- the difference there between that ultra clean world and yes, the sort of the gritty noir of of essentially becoming a private, you know, like an investigator, an investigative journalist out on the streets. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how. I don't know if it's sort of a big final. Um, I think you're suspecting the whole way. You know, as you find the photos and different things, it's like oh, like th- there's something that they're using AI that could like. That, that Quentin is like running, you know, he's been utilizing different technologies. Like, how is he getting control of this or whatever? It's not until you finally make your way up to like the CEO's office of the, of big fucking candy tower. Um, 
that you go in there and there's nobody there. And then Candy comes up on the screen and starts talking to you and tells you that Quentin's been dead for 15 years. And, uh, you know, every public appearance, every appearance, every whatever is all being completely simulated by Candy. I really like that idea on one condition. Yeah. As you're in the elevator, you hear a music version of Electric Dreams. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> it's almost a music music version already, uh, in a way. Uh, yes, but it's just perfect. like. <laughs> I just that's I love yeah. the idea of that's that's the music that's going in the in the elevator. You don't even have to like. Focus on oh, it for too long. It. No, no, you don't. You, you, you don't, can have you them having a conversation it. in the elevator as she's talking to like the um the receptionist, and the receptionist receptionist says, "Yes, Quentin's up there waiting for you right now." Oh, that'd just be kind of creepy if it's like they knew that you you were on the on the way to to see them and all this sort of stuff. And but when you get up there, it's just Quentin's on the screen. <laughs> Quentin's on the screen, and you're like, "Oh, I thought you were going to be here in person." It's like I am. This is me. Look, I'm over there. There's the- And it's like the old mainframe box <laughs> from the- For the photo. Um, yeah. Candy. I like that. That's really cool. All right. Let's go for one more. Time for, for one more. As long as it's- This week. Good one. If not, we'll go a little bit longer. <laughs> Unauthorized viewing. After casual- so, I mean, those are very broad words yes. on my part, but we can take them however we like. So, unauthorized viewing? Yes. Hmm. Uh, are you Could a casual be- worker who stumbled <laughs> into uh, a- Fucking hell, Trevor. Yes. I was going to say casual worker of some kind. Yes. yes. Who on. stumbled into, like an, like, an area of the building that they're unauthorized to be in. Yes. And they've viewed something that is- yes. they've seen something- They've seen something that they really shouldn't have. And they think that they may have got caught. For some reason, I'm picturing- Picturing, picturing, or <laughs> audio Yes. Picturing. I don't have Aphantasia, so I'm actually picturing. Just like the rough- I've got to say, it's actually kind of interesting <laughs> that- uh, Two people in our fr- in our friends group that I know of have aphantasia. I think it's it's surprisingly common. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I'm picturing picturing essentially a two D escape sort of a stealth game, except it's all about escaping. Okay. Um, and I'm sort of because I'm picturing. I'm picturing sort of running around and like sliding into a, like a vent, but then that vent, like you've just got big, big black sections of the level, right? You've sort of got the, you know, you can see that you're on the top level of something. You slide into that vent and then sort of it fades in what you can see in that vent and it like slides you all the way down or whatever. And then when you come out, you come out somewhere else and it, you, you, you don't know where you're going until you get there. And so it's sort of this moment by moment figuring out how to escape this particular section without being seen. So, my question is, is this a endless runner? I'm going to say mm. endless runner. That is- Yeah. But uh, you'll get you'll get what I'm, where I'm sort I, of going yeah. with it, in that you've got, like, randomised elements that are that are going to happen. As you, as you mm-hmm. run through this thing, like, you see at the edge of the screen that there's there's a vent coming up that- you have to duck down and you duck down and you sort of go into and then you see, okay, it's going down. It goes into the next level. Okay. So now I'm on, on the next level of the yes, level. Yes. And no, I like the idea of it essentially being endless, like a, a procedurally generated thing where you, as you keep going, it might, it obviously, you know, after you do like 10 sections or whatever, it'll change up the themes or change up some of the things that you might run into. But I think, yeah, I think, and I think it is though about that moment to moment. It's basically an endless stealther, um, where you are trying to go fast. You are trying to go fast. Oh, if you, if you open up on the, on the office level and you're like sneaking between cubicles, you know, 
you're there yeah. and you see like there's sort of a, a hiding behind things or a hiding in shadows, avoiding security cameras, avoiding security guards, but interspersed with moments of, well, for one, if you're seen, you have to book it. And then you've got some tools for like slide under their legs. And as long as you, you know, get away quickly enough or throw a table up the, to slow them down or whatever, like you've got, got various moves and then yes, find your way through a door that you can slam behind you or through a vent or, or whatever. And What's stopping you from running the entire time? I think that- well, I think that if they've seen you, like, you've essentially got alarm levels, and if you go into, like, the next section and there, there's an alarm level, like, there's going to be more security guards. And if you don't do some stealth stuff and get that down, then it's just going to get essentially impossible, like, harder and harder with more and more guards and different things. Mm-hmm. And potentially that they even start getting, like, using lethal force instead of just trying to, you know, grab you or tase you or whatever, because they're getting desperate then. For they're some like, reason- This person's going to get away with this- For some reason, knowledge. I've got in my head right now, the game Fez, in that you okay. can switch between the different angles. I'm thinking yeah. because of you got, like, the four sides to the building- that there okay, are some yeah. are some times when you get a choice whether you can flip you can flip to one of the other things if like the stair the stairway is further down say on oh, the but opposite you're saying corner. it like essentially teleports you to the end of that hallway because now you're at like that corner of the building no 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 I'm not saying in that in that respect I'm saying that when okay. when you get to the end of this end of this oh, row when you, you can yes. you can choose to flip to this perspective and it it's basically you've got four different um you yeah. can only be you're on sens- flats of of the building and that sort of stuff yes, yes. but it means that you're you can essentially actually showing sort of- I mean that just gives you more to play with and gives you a very physical sense of of this is the building and you're on- Because I'm thinking you know, as, you're running, as you're running down the stairs, you get to the bottom of the stairs and it flips over to the to the other one. It goes down a little bit further yeah. and flips over again and like- yeah. yeah, you could have some really- Yeah, you could have some cool sort of 3D-ish stuff there, even though you're generally only playing on a 2D plane. Yeah. I, so, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying Fez in the way that, you know, you can flip it any time. So, it was puzzle- Yeah. It was yeah, puzzle-oriented. Yeah. Um <laughs> But I think you're right that it definitely needs to be an endless stealth. Well, I say endless, but it's like your run is literally you're trying to get yeah. out. And your easy run is like you're on a 34 building. Your medium run is like you're on a 54 building. And your hard run is like you're on a 133 floor building and you're running down and going through every single floor. And there's more guards yeah. and more chances I mean- for... It could be endless. Like, there doesn't have to be. It depends on how you want to design a game like this. Um, I I guess if you have an end to it, then it becomes about how fast you can do it or how many times you were seen or different things um, to actually get to the end. Then you- then one of the the things is you can actually complete it if you continually run. But here's the thing. Things are going to get, like, twitchy and, like, bullet hell towards the end. Like- but speedrunners can do it. <laughs> it's almost giving the player control over that continuum between more Twitch-based avoidance, you know, more, sorry, more Twitch-based gameplay of, yeah, like jumping and sliding and dodging things. Mm-hmm. T- or back to- or, But given the choice between that and the more stealth-based gameplay of, yeah, like taking you a bit slower, but- And you might need to give them shortcuts and different things so that- it doesn't just take forever to get through a level because you're having to like crawl through the dark everywhere. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yes, using that sort of the, the differences between those sorts of gameplay, um, and then obviously anywhere in between, it's like oh, like I'm getting bored, of, like screw this, I'm getting bored of stealthing or whatever. Or I just or I don't see a good way past this. I'm just going to run for it, and you get a few minutes of Twitch gameplay until you manage to, you know, find the right sort of hiding spot or or whatever. I like the idea that in Every now and again, you you have like a branching path in which you can you can mm. very quickly switch to a different um, switch to a different view, like and go down a hallway that that like uh, say it was in cubicles, and you've actually got you know you can run between yeah. the cubicles and that sort of stuff because yeah, 
Yeah, I think I don't think it's necessarily. I don't think it's endless runner in the sense of you're always basically heading in one direction, except that you are. It's just down. Yes. Um, but I mean, you you, you could, could go down. Us. You could go down. You're in, say, the if you're looking like from the top down, you're you're in like the bottom uh, left hand corner. If yeah. you flip it so that you're so that you're running along. Uh, running along to the left instead of to the mm. right, because normally you'd be running yeah. to the right. You can run along the left, which is running along the f- the uh, left-hand side of the building, and then flip yes. it again. You're running left again into that into that top right corner. Yeah, I think you've essentially- Yeah, I think you've essentially got free movement on, on the level, whichever direction you want to go. You're not pushed in a particular direction. Bumpers and then within a sort, level- of, um, sort of flip the level when, whenever they can actually can actually flip. Yeah, I think you need to give them a good visual indication of, oh, you're at the edge of the building. So, if you want to keep going in this direction, you need to you need to essentially flip onto the, to the other side. Need to flip onto the plane. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I think essentially every level will have a few exit points, whether it's finding the stairwell that's unlocked, finding a vent that lets you go down through the air conditioning, you know, to the next level- um, finding an elevator, perhaps, or well, I guess maybe not an elevator, but no. Um, what? Wh- why not? Like you happen to well, find because then what's stopping you going all the way to the bottom floor? <laughs> because there are some some elevators that you you get into, and it's like I don't know. Maybe maybe as you're going down, you know, you've hit the you've hit the bottom floor, and then you've noticed that you know that the, all the other floors are well. <laughs> the ninth floor has been lit up, so you hit the tenth floor, so you can get out before the ninth. So that you you're not <laughs> right. caught in the elevator. I guess or I guess you don't. Like I guess it'd just be about whether we literally want to give them the ability to to skip multiple floors at all. But uh, yeah, anyway, we'd we'd figure that out. I've just realized essentially this is like a modernized version of elevator action, <laughs> uh, which I always wanted to make a new version of actually. But um, I always wanted to make yeah, a new yeah. version of Mission Impossible, which also had elevators. Which on um, what was that on? Uh, I played Mission Impossible 2, or Impossible Mission, sorry. Impossible Mission. Oh, okay. Not Mission yeah. Impossible, Impossible Mission. No. Uh, we so had elevators like license, and, like-, like, robots and and you were searching yeah, okay. rooms and shit. I always yeah, wanted to make yeah, a new yeah. version of that until I found out that there was a new version of that, and it really wasn't that good. I'm like, oh. But I enjoyed well, that game when to- I was young. I was like, no, it's yeah. just not good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, so yes, I think- Free movement across the floor, finding one of the one of the exits in, in certain ways, uh, and making your way down. And yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I don't think there's anything more to be said on that. I was trying to find a button for the episode. But we kind of trailed off into just well, yeah, sometimes that was a cool sometimes game idea. you have to sneak into the boss's office to hit the button to unlock the um to unlock the fire doors, or to turn off the to, to turn off the security alarms on on the um. On the fire doors. There you go. We found a literal button yes. to the episode. If you want to find us online, go to podchaser.com slash bitstorm. All of our previous episodes are up there. Leave us a review. Tell us what you thought. We'd love that. Engage with us. As I mentioned before, the wonderful album Containment Failure by the by the band Kuradust is available on Bandcamp. You can check out the predictive text song that we were talking about before that used to actually feature on one of our podcasts. I think it was actually this one here. It used to be the the final song for this one, or it was the final song. It was either this one or or it was actually Two Swery Days. Either way, uh, the one one that we currently use is... Ah, it's not containment. (laughs) (laughs) The one that we currently use is not containment failure. It is Mount Defiance, and it has a like. And just in a weird random plug, check out Miles Johnson on Twitter, who is still doing. He did. He did the uh, artwork for our album Containment Failure when he was like fifteen years old. He's an incredible artist. He's he's just done um, album artwork for some huge artist that's available now as well um oh, that's much awesome. better of course you know he's much improved uh from the days that he did our artwork but uh, but that's saying a lot because uh the artwork on containment failure is, is uh, freaking amazing is 
So, uh, yeah, go check them out. I can't remember his exact handles, but anyway. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Candy, please end the podcast. I'm afraid I can't do that, Trevor. Candy, stop being clippy. <laughs> it looks like you're trying to end a podcast. <laughs> Would you like to play the outro music? Yes. Yes.